Hey guys, what's going on? This is Dan. Today I want to intro very special episode that we recorded last week with one of my music mentors and old school guitar heroes and now a really good friend, Mr. Logan Mater, five-time gold album music producer and famous heavy metal guitarist dating back to a couple of prominent bands from the 90s, Machine Head and Soulfly. Actually, Logan was playing guitar at the very first metal concert I ever went to when I was 17 years old back in 1998. So that's how long this guy's been in the game. The last few years, he is uh, now producing, managing, and playing guitar for the, the band Once Human, which features his wife, Lauren Hart, as the lead singer. So that's right. Metal with a female singer. We all love that. So um, <clears throat> anyways, I got in touch with Logan a year or two ago just as the pandemic was getting kicked off. And uh, Logan's interested in freaky stuff like ayahuasca and other psychedelics and spirituality and different alternative perspectives on life and the world. So we got talking and I went to visit Logan in Denver at one of their Machine Head concerts and they were doing a 25 year reunion tour for their first album. And got to hang out backstage, meet the band, have lots of fun. And uh, that kicked off a relationship. Fast forward to 2021. And Logan, uh, Logan is down in Costa Rica producing our very first metal album with me on guitar and bass, writing all the music, and my old buddy Jesse Radford, the producer of this podcast, who's on the drums. And uh, we actually found a professional russian slash costa rican singer right here in costa rica who's at the top of his game and he's ready to go and crush it and tour the world playing some music so um logan was here last week and he's coming back this week to track the vocals and get all that kicked off so while logan was here last week we sat down and recorded an interview and uh that's what i'm bringing to you today so Check it out. It's an awesome conversation with an awesome guy who's been around the world, touring, playing music in front of large crowds, living the lifestyle. He's been through the ringer. He's been through everything you can imagine that uh, famous heavy metal guitarist might have gone through. And uh, yeah, he hasn't done a lot of interviews in his life. So this is a rare look inside the mind and life of Logan Mater. Now, as always, this podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Soltara Healing Center, renowned Shipibo Healing Center in Costa Rica, working with the plant medicine ayahuasca in one of the safest, most cared for ways in the field. If you feel called to work with ayahuasca in the Shipibo tradition, Look us up on the internet. We're at soltara.co, or you can check out all of the really cool content we put up, educational stuff and informational stuff about ayahuasca plant medicines, about the Shipibo traditions, and, and how it might be of help to you and your life. And that's on Instagram and social media, at Soltara Healing Center. So check us out. Thank you so much for listening, and if you enjoy this episode... Please like and subscribe. Click those reviews. Give us, give us a nice review there because that's how the world judges us. So if you like what you hear, please hit us up on, on iTunes and leave us a review or on YouTube. Click that like button. Click that subscribe button, and we will love you forever. I promise. Anyways, please enjoy this episode. All the best. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, I have with me today a good friend of mine, somewhat new friend, but good friend nonetheless, Mr. Logan Mater. Logan, uh, some of you may know Logan. 
from his various different experiences over the years. He rose to fame uh, with his uh, participation in the group Machine Head and then Soulfly. And then he kind of left the music playing industry and got into the music recording industry. Uh, worked with a ton of bands that probably anybody who understands metal or or rock would recognize. Um, Logan's now playing with Once Human and doing a bunch of other stuff, which he's going to talk about, which includes coming down here to Costa Rica to produce our new Savage Existence record, which is me and Jesse from Soltara. And uh, hopefully uh, we got a singer uh, on the hook right now, as well as uh, some other musicians, a uh, guitar and bass who we're going to need to join us, hopefully when we go on tour. So um, yeah, Logan, welcome to the show, my man. Hell yeah. It's good to be here, man. Uh, it's been a pretty epic 10 days. Has it been here 10 days? Yeah, I think flew something by, like that. Yeah, 10 days it flew by quick. Um, I had a great time working with you guys. Um, um, good players, good music, good destination. Can't complain, you know. So how's Costa Rica been? Costa Rica's fucking amazing. It's my first time here. Um, I love, you know, I love the work I do. I, I'm a freelance producer, mixer. And I get to do shit that I love with good people that I usually end up becoming like really good friends with when we do a project. It's like, you know, it's a special bond to make a record. It's people being creative. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, when it comes down to it, it's like creativity. That's the, that's the, it's the biggest strength of our human species, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, um, that's like us primal doing what we're meant to do. It feels right. It feels fucking good. You know, I enjoyed, you know, it was your first time like making a record. And yeah, I always enjoy seeing people do that for the first time because I've done it like a bunch of times, but I remember my first time and how like impactful it was for me. So that's always, uh, that's always a plus. And then, you know, like I came here, you were like an, a good acquaintance and now it's like bro for life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm super blessed and lucky that I get to do what I do. Uh, I never, I never take it for granted. Well, I can, the passion shines through in your work, what you do, the professionalism, the just absolute mastery. I mean, I, I was honestly wowed, um, even from the first day, just, just seeing how you work knowing everything inside and out and it just seems like you have this commitment to quality perhaps even a tinge of perfectionism which is probably a good thing when you're dealing with uh making music but you know the the element of 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 friendship and and getting to know each other in in like a creative environment working on a project together i think that's really awesome and having spoken with you all week it sounds like you have relationships like that across the music industry. You've toured with guys, you've produced records, you've played shows, you work on side projects. What is it like? And, you know, how do you feel about having so many connections across this vast industry? Well, I mean, like I said about, well, just for the, just for clarity, I want to, I want to, Stay for the record. So we came here to do the instrumental portion of your album because you have all these songs that you and Jesse wrote, but you don't have a singer yet. <laughs> it's kind right. of a big piece of the puzzle is not there yet. So we're going to get to that. I know I'm going to help you when, when you do get a singer and help you find a singer or whatever. I know you have some good leads, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're in progress still. In progress. Yeah. And so I'll, hopefully I'll get to come back to Costa Rica to do the, do the vocals too, you know? So looking forward to that. This place is awesome. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I've had this crazy life, 25 years in the music industry, travel around the world, play music, fucking do what I love, be with great people. The bond you experience on tours is a unique thing too. It's kind of like when you make a record, you, you, get, you get like, again, you're in this special moment that you're all sharing together and you, you develop inside jokes. You just have this experience that's really connected and meaningful and fulfilling for everyone involved. And it's like, a, it kind of, it lasts, it, it creates like friends for life. 
and touring does that as well. Touring gets a little bit more on the crazy side, like, you know, <laughs> like the, you could imagine <laughs> uh, the adventures in touring can, you know, it's, it involves more of like the celebration side of it. Whereas being in the studio is like, I'm here to fucking work and make a record. I got a budget. I got a timeline. I got hours in the day, you know, on tour, you, you play for one or two hours a day on stage. You warm up for an hour, you play for an hour, and then you got 22 hours to party. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, uh, well, that's a good life. So has there been much of an evolution in the touring lifestyle, the music industry lifestyle between like when you got started 25 years ago and what it's like today? Yes, very much. <laughs> In what ways? Well, I mean, there's... Back in my day, <laughs> before the internet, you know, uh, when there was a lot more money flowing in the industry, things were different because of that. There was less competition from artist to artist. And, you know, so it was more decadent. And also there was no cameras everywhere documenting or busting people out to get counsel for just being, having fun or whatever. You know, I got away with, <laughs> we all got away with things that you might not get away with these days because of no iPhones. So I got to experience that, the, the end of the golden age of uh, heavy metal and touring lifestyle. It was awesome. And I'm lucky to be alive, to be honest, man. I fucking, you know, did some damage. But uh, I got put some miles on my on my soul. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so nowadays, and, and you know, it's hard to say because if if you're a young band coming up and blowing up, you're gonna party like rock star too. You know, you just. Um, but I'm you know a little more mature now and more uh, reined in. I'm more more focused and more business minded, and I'm, you know, kind of been there, done that on a lot of things. So, and. I've been up here and I've been down here. So I have a great appreciation for like where I'm at now. I don't take it for granted. So it's a different perspective. I still love it, you know? And again, like uh, with my band Once Human, all my, my singer and all the guys in the band that, that were touring for the first time. It was there for, they're young guys and she's young too, but they'd never toured before. And I, I put that thing together, got it a record deal, got it on tour. And I was like the, I was like the leader of the camp counselor or the yeah, babysitter yeah. or the fucking tour manager and everything. And I got to see them like just hit the stage for the first time and look over and just like, ah, oh, you know? Yeah. And watch them fucking kill it. Like I knew Lauren had it. I knew Lauren had star power and big potential, but she'd never done it before. Like who knows? Get up there and like she could, she could just freeze up. Yeah. And she just fucking came to life <clears throat> and crushed it. And she's evolved incredibly since then as a... She's a fucking beast as a front woman, uh, creator, songwriter, performer in the studio and on stage. And yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm proud of that to, to be the developer of that and watch it to get to this, this level now. It's like, uh, yeah, it feels good. So, um, so just, just to clarify, Lauren Hart, your wife partner what's well, a handshake deal she's, it's a handshake deal my, my word is good she, <laughs> she's my woman yeah she's my woman uh, she's a great woman she's amazing i love her um she's very talented and uh yeah she came to me as a production deal i was just supposed to help her write some songs and produce some stuff referred by monty connor from um well he was at roadrunner at the time he used to be a roadrunner records guy legendary a and r guy roadrunner and a nuclear blast he referred her over to me and she never sang before. She was a guitar player. I made her a singer. I said, you're going to sing. I think you can sing. I'm like, get in there and do it. I guess you can. I see that. And then eventually she sings like a motherfucker now. She's like all kinds of different characters and her growling is powerful and all her melodic voices and, you know. But, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to have a, a working business relationship with, you know, with your woman say interesting <laughs> sometimes it's like really difficult and sometimes it's awesome ultimately it's more awesome than it's not awesome so been through we've been seven years in it so um yeah. 
you know, I don't think anything can fuck us up at this point. We've been through some shit and back and uh, in a good place. Nice. I think, I think probably a lot of people would agree that being in business with a romantic partner has its ups and downs. I've also done it and has a lot of ups, but sometimes the downs can catch up with you and some people make it and some people don't. So it's awesome that you guys are yeah. doing it. Yeah. I don't recommend doing it. If you have the opportunity to say no, <laughs> just just <laughs> not do the business part, just do the fun part. I would say go for the fun part, but I went there and it's worth it. I'm way beyond the point of no return. So it's like, and I embrace it for all of that it is. And it's amazing. So, uh, yeah. You also mentioned, uh, related to your kind of evolution as a, as a, an adult, let's say, um, touring and used to, you know, you told me some stories, which I'm sure you probably don't want to go into here, but, um, you know, people can use their imaginations about what it's like to tour with a, a popular, uh, young band rising star in the heyday of heavy metal when no phones existed. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, and you made it, you made it through that and you made it this far. And now, you know, you've gone this whole week. You've, you, you don't drink alcohol, you don't take drugs, you, basically, like you said, you're business minded, you're responsible, you're focused. And, uh, some guys that you came up with in the, in the industry didn't make it or, or, um, didn't come out doing so well. But most of the guys that are still around making music who started back at the same time, they did, they did, uh, find a way to get clean and get off the booze and get off the drugs and become business minded. Yeah. And just not dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, you know, I got to tell you, man, that's like, this is a really personal, I guess, but I'm going to go there and just say like, that subject is like the boss fight of my life. And I realized this recently. So people that know me personally know that I like to party a little bit or all the time, a lot. <laughs> um, but people that don't know me probably don't know that. Like they think health and fitness, he must be like strong, healthy. But I mean, my life has been a series of waves like sobriety, self-destruction, sobriety, self-destruction, destruction, destruction, sobriety, self-destruction, back and forth like that. And uh, what I've realized recently, and it's like, it's a pretty big, pretty big thing is that, uh, I don't know how to moderate. I don't. My operating system, it doesn't do moderation. It's in my DNA. I don't have that, that code or that plugin. And I see people that can do it, like have a couple drinks or get high once a year. And like, I can't do that. A couple drinks for me is 17 drinks and an eight ball of cocaine and a handful of Molly. And what the fuck else you got? Because we're not going to stop until three days from now. And then I'm <laughs> like eating a handful of Xanax to come down and my heart's like... <clears throat> <laughs> I <used to> be, <laughs> like that i mean metal <laughs> also also me i like to metal. work out and be well it's self-destructive dude and i i realized like when i say the boss fight in my life i feel like okay whatever reason i have karma like that i don't get to have moderation for whatever reason i don't know what it's from past lives or whatever but like karma comes into play you have to learn the lesson that it puts in front of you. There's no free willing your way out of it. Like a karma overrides free will. And so I realized that and I accepted it. I forgive myself. I'm like, okay, that means I have to win this boss fight in this life or else the next life, it's going to come back again and again and again. It's not going to get easier. It might get more difficult. It's like until I fucking kick, it, kick its ass, then... I, I can't like progress or level up. It's like life is like a video game, you know, like an RPG game. You like, you play it, you die, you pick up where you left off, you die again. Eventually you learn the level, you beat the boss and you level up. That's kind of a simple way that I look at life because of my belief system and, uh, you know, life, death and rebirth, the whole thing. So, so that's, uh, <laughs> so yeah. 
So it's been um, 90 minutes I've been sober. No, 90 days. <laughs> Actually, 90 days. Yesterday was my anniversary. That's you have good. a sticker on your car. It's like a registration or something. It says March 22. That was my first day of sobriety. Okay. And now June 22 was yesterday, 90 days later. So. Nice, man. Congrats. So this time it's different. <laughs> really cliche thing to say and like really like, okay, dude, because I've gone up and down like so many times. So, um, <clears throat> but why is it different this time? It's different because of the realization that I made. Like I realized that this is like, it's like every Star Wars movie rolled up into one in my fucking head. And I have to, I have to fucking triumph over it. I have to do it or else, you know, because otherwise I'm, I'm going to be dead and then I'm going to have to do it all over again. So, so, so I, that's for me, it's a big thing, but I also, I can still, I like, I'm okay with people that party and I love people. Like I don't judge. I'm not one of those that's like, oh, I can't be around it or whatever. Like I'm in the music business. I have to be around it. Every day is a fucking open bar, big party all night and I can hang. I, I know I can. It's going to be, I mean, there's temptations going to come. It's going to come for me over and over again. So I have to, uh, I got to stand my ground, uh, stand my ground and follow through with this. So like the fact that I'm saying it right here, public is really unlike me. So it's a loaded statement. It's a fucking time bomb. Cause if I fuck up, I mean, I don't know how many people see this podcast, but it's going to live on the internet forever. So it's there it's in stone. Uh, I'm saying it. So that says a lot. I think, uh, it puts the pressure on too. <laughs> I can always remember that. Oh, don't fuck up. Because the last time I, I, I did four years sobriety and then one day I was like, I can do moderation. So someone's like, hey, you want a glass of wine? And if I could in, I was like, okay. Fast forward 30 days later, I'm a fucking wreck. Like just <laughs> out of my fucking head on like all the drugs and whatever. And it's like, you know, <clears throat> I should have realized then I don't know how to moderate. I do. I did know in the back of my mind, but it kind of really just set in and uh, had these realizations recently that that's it. It's done. I got to, I got to do this now. So, um, it feels good. Have you been working with any like organizations like, you know, like I know Ivan Moody's public about his involvement with AA. I'm not sure what, you know, Randy did, but nope. You just, no, I don't, back, I don't, I, no. The one thing that turns me off about AA and the NA is like, there's just some fundamentals I don't agree with. And I think it's great as a tool for people that use it and it works. I'm not dissing it like for people, but for me, it's like the thing they say that uh, I am powerless over my disease. Mm -hmm. I'm not powerless. Yeah. I'm powerful. And that's why I can make the choice not to put drugs on my body. So that's something I don't agree with. And I don't want to repeat those words. I am powerless because I am powerful. I'm not yeah. powerless. Um, another thing that. is like, hi, I'm Logan. I'm an addict. And it's like, if you're not using... Why are you an addict? Yeah. I, hi, I'm Logan. I have self-destructive tendencies written into my DNA. That's accurate. I could say that. I'm okay with that. But if I'm, uh, if I'm sober and if I can be in a room where there's alcohol or drugs and not do it, then I'm not an addict. I'm not a practicing addict. I'm a, I'm a sober. I'm a sober dude. Yeah. yeah. Right on. But nothing against those programs. I know people, it helps a lot of people and I think that's great. But um, um, it's just not for me. I to do it, do it on my own. So that's more the that's more the experiential kind of lifestyle elements of music and producing music, playing music, going on tour, and being a musician. Um, we've also discussed that the, and you had just mentioned that the 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 economic or or business aspect of the musician lifestyle has also changed in the last couple of decades um you know i i've spoken in depth with you i've i've spoken with other musicians who and it, you just see it like on the internet a lot of guys are doing kind of side deals and starting other offshoot businesses and stuff like that so um what is the economic reality these days for most of the bands in, in the scene? Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough racket to, to be successful financially in music, but it can be done. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. A lot of people are, but just backing up one, can I back up? Sure. One yeah, second? of course. Yeah. It, it just to kind of t- tie it in. It's like, you know, it's the, what got me into like, is get, wanting to get high a lot in the first place is, is music in a way. Cause you get up on stage, you're playing in front of 130,000 people, for example, it's the biggest high you could ever imagine or 10,000 people or 4,000 or 400 people. If the energy's good, it's fucking high. It gets you high. It's that show cane. And then like, like all highs, it comes down after. And that's where my, myself and a lot of people, I think in that position feel like, uh, when you're coming down, you want to, you want to, you don't want to come down. I don't want it to end, you know, so you just, try to sustain the high feeling with synthetic means of getting high and showcane turns into cocaine. (laughs) But showcane is still awesome. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. By the way, I do, I, I do a lot of caffeine. I I quit nicotine. I quit everything. I'm hundred percent sober except for caffeine, which is a drug. So, um, 99% sober. I'm not going to quit caffeine. Maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. I don't feel it. Well, like even a, the, even the AA guys still chain smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee all day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. But I mean, yeah. So nicotine, I, I don't think it's a bad, bad. I was chewing the gum and so I wasn't smoking. And so I wasn't killing myself from nicot from smoking and the nicotine itself. I don't, my doctor told me it's not going to give you cancer. It's not that bad. It's not bad. It's like, and I was like, okay. Um, but I quit it just to, to fucking, to, for the challenge, just to, you know, to take control of my, my uh, responses and my actions. And so I did quit it. And um, yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I did that one too. So. It is one of those addictions though, where like you're doing it every like. Dude. And I, you know? yeah, I was vaping, uh, nicotine vaping. I quit that in April, 2020, but I was vaping more than I was breathing. I was like, I couldn't <laughs> put it down. I had that thing in my hand 24 seven. And that was starting to hurt my lungs a bit. And I was developing like a chronic cough. So I'm like, okay, that's not healthy. I quit that. And then, um, but I still chewed the nicotine gum, but that after so many years of chewing nicotine gum, it doesn't even, you don't even feel anything. You just, yeah have to have it you feel if you don't have it you have to have it and then you're okay because you have it but it doesn't change it i don't feel high from it or like any little lift or whatever from it but yeah that's done now too so you know you were talking about the the high of the show and and all that probably doesn't help when like people show up to the show and they're there for one night so they want to go balls to the wall right? They want to come backstage and go balls to the wall, but you're doing that like every every day. (laughs) We have an obligation to all of those people in every town. (laughs) So yeah, you know, there's a way to pace yourself. Like when I was doing chores with chores with Machine Head last year and in 2019, I was drinking and we were having a great time, but we would do it on, not on school nights. And that tour would be like two days on, one off, three days on, one off or one on, one off. And we'd have a lot of days off where you could that night, you could let loose and just sleep all day if you want the next day in a hotel or so. There's ways to function and and do it right. But if you if you yeah, if you let yourself get sucked into it every night, then you're gonna be feeling like shit, you know, the next day and maybe not perform as well. So. Or having to take drugs the next day to get back on point for the show. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Well, man, fortunately, you made it through that. Yeah, and that's that's. I should have been awesome dead so many example. times, man. I'm like, I I should have, you know, lucky to be alive, and I'm really grateful that I'm still alive, and I uh, respect it and appreciate it. So, this time it's different. <laughs> it is this time is different. Here we go. <laughs> so, we discussed um, we discussed some of the more experiential aspects of the music industry of being a musician, your history, going on tour, et cetera. Um, but there, uh, as we've discussed earlier, there have been some other changes to the music industry um, from the days past, a couple decades ago, related to like actually how hard it is to make it as a band. And, um, and I mean, yeah, you know yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. So the trajectory trajectory of 
you know, revenues in the music industry has, has gone like, at least with album sales, has gone straight fucking down almost to zero and over the last 15 to 20 years. So that's a noticeable thing you can't deny. And then in other ways to make up for it and streaming revenues, it's like, it's, it's difficult, you, you know, when you get a fraction of a fraction of a penny or a spin and, you know, and people consume music for free because it's free, <laughs> you know, they used to have to buy music if they wanted to hear music. And now, you know, it's not like that so much, you know, people buy CDs at your shows when they, cause they want you to sign it you know, more than mm. anything. And I don't, I don't know anyone who has a CD player, you know, but people buy on, on iTunes, I guess, too. So, but it's tough and uh, we have to adapt, you know, um, in every way you can adapt and overcome, you know. So for me, like, it really hit me in 2020 when house arrest happened and everyone's, the end of the world is happening. So I'll, I had like Europe, UK, Russia, Australia with Machine Head booked. And I was, that would have kept me busy and pretty good, you know, and once Humans album would have came out in 2020, that would have kept us busy as well. And all that shit got canceled. So there I was. Like basically the whole music industry just lost their primary source of revenue. Absolutely. Gone. Like it suffered, you know, it suffered badly. About as bad as one business, a lot of businesses suffered, but, you know, yeah, we got way <laughs> in a business when you're in the business of filling up a room <laughs> in a yeah. time when yeah. you know people aren't allowed to be near each other. You know, it's just done. <clears throat> but it's good to good to know that I'm optimistic and we're getting back on our feet. We got tours yeah. starting to happen again, and that's great. People are going to really appreciate it. I can. Oh, it's yeah. going to feel good. That first wave of getting out there. It's going to be awesome. You know. So, but for me, I'm like, well, when am I going to sit here and cry? So I'm losing revenues. Also, I'm a freelance producer and mixer. I rely on getting, getting work and, and a lot of it dipped in that, in that time. So instead of crying about it, I, I started two new businesses in 2020. So one of them was, is a cannabis business. And, uh, I had a side hustle prior to this. That's, um, credit card payment processing for cannabis dispensaries, licensed cannabis industry dispensaries and CBD merchants and like vape industry um, accounts. So this is like a independent contractor, agent, freelance agent type of work where I work as much as I want. It's, you know, very little I do, but it's, it creates a little bit of passive income, but it really created some good relationships. And I got to go around all around the States doing like uh, trade shows and building relationships and meeting a lot of good people in cannabis industry and, and in, in CBD. And so um, from that, I parlayed into um, an opportunity, invested a small investment into a cannabis vertical in, uh, in California called Cali Care Group, Cali Care Group. It's owned uh, by my friend Joe Reed, and he's a great guy. He's a metalhead and fucking really cool guy, uh, a good mentor great entrepreneur. His, his company is worth 13 million. He built it himself. He, despite what all his peers were doing, like taking big investor raise, capital raises, uh, you know, like way more than they could chew kind of fucking things. He did it himself with very little investment, outside investment. And, and in, in doing that, he maintained control of the shape of the company and the way that, it, that it's marketed and, you know, the, That's the, the best path way to go. that it's on. And he's proud of that. And he should be because it's something to be proud of. So, um, all along the way, people were doubting him and maybe like, you know, people buying Lambos off investor money and like not return, not showing returns and stuff. And he's just like, in the rock, like pot star lifestyle. He didn't want to do the, you know, sure. flashy pot star lifestyle. He's just like kind of low key dude, legit dude. Um, so yeah, I like the way he, he does business and I like him as a person. He sponsored me. He has a CBD company as well called Royal Dignity Care CBD, which is really great CBD products. And he sponsored me on that. Um, so two things came with a Joe, actually. So the cannabis thing I got in after All In. I'll talk about All In in a second. But um, So I have a home delivery route in Palm Springs, Palm Desert with one driver. It's a small, but it's profitable. And it's growing. So I did that. And then I'm um, opening a second route in San Jacinto, California, which is an inland empire. Both they're both like Southern California. Um, and uh, closer to Vegas. Well, not close to Vegas, like no? L.A. Well, Palm Desert's like two hours inland from L.A. It's in Palm Springs, Palm Desert, and then San Jacinto's like an hour 
from LA hour in a little bit, Inland mm -hmm. Empire, 909. Um, it's a small town, Santa Santa, but there's no other licensed cannabis home delivery uh, licenses operating there right now. So we got that going for us. And uh, I have a collaborator on that one. The, the Palm Desert one's my own. And so, yeah, I got into, got some skin in the game in the weed biz, licensed only, no black market. Um, there's a lot of black market cannabis <laughs> in the world. Everyone knows that, you know, I'm not into taking risks. And so I just do it, like do it on the, do it like, you know, above, above board. Well, fuck man. The reason Jesse can't tour is because of a dumb thing he did in the past that got him a record, right? He can't so, tour? Well, he's, he's getting a, he's getting a pardon. That's what I just asked okay. him about. Like <laughs> he's already, he had the pardon in process, but then COVID hit. So he, ah. the office closed but right, right, right. he's just got to get back on it cool, so yeah cool. he you know but Love but yeah so yeah. what i'm saying is you don't want us you don't yeah. want some kind of a, a stain on your record if Not, you're traveling yeah. the world touring well, for that reason also just you know in general i don't want that you know i got i got a family i got kids and responsibilities and life to do so i don't want to take risks like that I, I take risks like you know on things like opportunities and stuff but not when it it's, uh, you know, putting my freedom at stake. So, sure. Um, yeah. So that is fun stuff. Um, I see myself expanding more into cannabis industry stuff. I have a lot of good relationships with, with some really talented and cool people. You know, it's a big corporate industry now, but there's a lot of like alternative type people in it because it's weed business, you know? So, yeah. And even doing the credit card processing thing that I do, like that's a corporate fucking financial institution job. That's not me at all and i was like really hesitant to do it when the guy um, my friend eli told me you'd probably be good at this you should do this because he has a huge company that he's like empire he's like <laughs> killing it like you know and uh you know i didn't even know anything about that he's a music industry relationship of mine but he has this huge company and he got brought me in and um, yeah, so it's a corporate space, but really it's in reality, it's kind of alternative because it's weed people, you know, like more creative side, like more alternative counterculture, like weed people, weed dealers turned entrepreneur, you know? So, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's cool. I fit in okay in that for the most part, <laughs> as opposed to like straight up mainstream banking or some shit like, yeah, I'm, I'm a banker. <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, fuck that. Um, and then the other thing, so Joe Reed, the Cali Care Group, weed, my weed partner guy, he owns the CBD company and he sponsors me for CBD. And he told me one day, Logan, I want to make a, a signature line of CBD for you, like the Logan Mater CBD. And I was like, wow, thanks. That's awesome. And I was flattered and I was like, cool. Then in my head, immediately, I'm like, no one's going to fucking buy that. Like, why is someone... The CBD industry is very saturated with a lot of good brands, a lot of shitty brands, and a lot of it. And like big marketing machines behind it. It's like to think that just a CBD that says Logan Mater on it is going to make people buy it. Maybe a handful, maybe a few. But like I was like, how is that going to compete? How is that going to stand out in this huge industry that's really competitive? And so I, <clears throat> I just sort of tabled it kind of in my head for a minute. And then I thought, well, I got to make something that speaks to my character, to my personality, something that's personal to me. Like, so I thought, well, what would that be? And I thought health and fitness, like working out. And I thought, wait a minute, what if we combine a stimulant, like a pre-workout type stimulant with the CBD? He had a holistic blend that's uh, broad spectrum CBD, turmeric, black cumin seed, MCT oil from uh, organic coconut milk powder, and then black pepper, which is like a amplifier that increases bioavailability of all the ingredients. And I thought, well, let's combine that holistic CBD with this stimulant that I love that, I'll, that I ended up getting, uh, you know, the ability to use. And uh, I was like, that's awesome. That's like, it's like a pre-workout and a recovery all in one. And I'm like, it's called all in. That's it. It's all in, all in one. So that came to me and I felt excited about it. I got like goosebumps from it when I, when I thought about it. I was like, this is, that's awesome. This is going to work. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run with this. And so Joe loved the idea. Um, and then, so the reason like CBD in, and, and turmeric are natural anti-inflammatory. So that helps joint mobility and recovery in, in, your, in, your, in your mobility and flexibility and pain management. 
Um, so to take that with the the stimulant at the same time, I think is pretty effective, and uh, I love it. And so I so I went to my friend Jason Pendergeist, who owns the company Motivate, which is a very successful uh, a fitness supplement company, like big, what twenty million, twenty. I don't know. It's like a big big company. He he built it up. He he kills it, and uh, they have a lot of great products. And it's another industry hard to hard to get big in right? yeah There's a lot of competition in that, that yeah definitely yeah he bought yeah i think he bought the company when it was uh distressed and he built it up like 10x really fast hmm. so he knows what he's doing and he's killing it so and he's a nice guy and he sponsored me for motivate he has a, one of the things they have is called motivate and it's like a fat burner slash pre-workout it's just uh it's a it's a stimulant it's not like a typical pre-workout that has all this crazy stuff in there that it gets you like fucking methed out and cracked out and like you know you like don't know what to do but you got to do something kind of vibe i hate those kind of pre-workouts there's like i just i don't like them uh, and there's a really small market for people that really like those they're pretty hardcore like a lot of the pre-workouts they make you like oh you know yeah. especially in the u.s there's a bunch of like weird formulations yeah. in the u.s that are not legal in other countries yeah th- yeah there's always a new ingredient that's not yet regulated yeah it's like fucking <laughs> this shit and then <laughs> fda comes along no that's killing people or that's fucking people up they take it out and then they take it out so it's like it's not that it's it's caffeine. It's three. It's a lot of caffeine. Three hundred milligrams from you know four different sources: anhydrous, uh, green tea leaf, yerba mate, and uh, green coffee bean. And then like yohimbi, a little bit of, and then some CLA for, and then raspberry ketones and as a diuretic. So it's it's like a fat burner energizer. But it's no jitters, no crash, no fucking tweak. It's basically. It's more than coffee, less than cocaine. <laughs> it's like, and I love it. I've been using it for years as a consumer. And then I got sponsored by them because they're like, oh, I, I hit them up. And uh, they're, they're ambassador program people. And they were like, yeah, we don't normally sponsor people that are not like fitness people, but you're, this is cool music. You're, this looks cool. Like we're going we're gonna to do it. So they, they started, um, you know, just giving me product and gave me a promo code and, you know, whatever, a profit, profit share and stuff. And. I invited them to the to a show in the last show I played actually Anaheim House of Blues Machine Head in uh, February twenty second, right after the show. February twenty second, twenty twenty two, right after I met you, like yeah. a week a week later. And the, and Jason came out to the show. He brought his wife and his team, and they had a great time when we met face to face and vibed, and that was it. So then it was six months later, four or six months later, that I brought him the idea of all in and he was like that's amazing it's like no one he, he researched it he's like no one's doing this right now it's a revolutionary idea <clears throat> i'm totally in he gave me the right you know the rights to use the burn matrix just the stimulant blend it's uh not the flavors or the sweeteners or the colors that comes into the the motivate burn but just the the drugs <laughs> um <laughs> about a couple kilos of it so white powder like but no so i did the formulation really quickly after two two tries i got the formula right and i i just me and joe joe i gave it to joe gave it to me and like um i already knew it was it was good but like the blend with the cbd and it's zero thc broad spectrum cbd so it's uh um and then the turmeric, it like somehow it, it's, it's got a euphoria. A, a, and I've heard this from other test subjects. It's got a little, a really nice, clean, energized uh, feeling effect of, that you really feel. And uh, um, a little bit euphoric, you know? So, and then a lot of people, have, I tried to um, test it on like 100 people, you know, legit extreme sports guys, like, um, and... Uh, Normal active lifestyle people, mostly active lifestyle. Some weightlifters, powerlifters, trainers. Hundred percent positive feedback. Everyone loves it. They back it. They want to use it. They will buy it. You know. So. So you're at the stage right now. You're. Are you like marketing this right now? You you're you're hunting. Uh... I'm planning to go to market full on very soon. I'm just. I put a, a team, a core team together on my end to complete my deck and got this whole plan together to roll it out and what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Um, small amount of investor capital is going to be needed to get to start it up. And then um, it's off to the races. So, you know, the plan involves some 
all the kind of marketing that you would think of doing these days with social, with ambassadors, with the commercials that play on social media and then um, ads on social media and uh, the influencers is going to be important to the name, big name, you know, medium name to big name influencers that really like it. I only want to get influencers that really like it and really use it because it's real and, you know, but that shouldn't be hard because everyone so far has liked it. Um, and then trade shows. There's a bunch of trade uh, relevant trade shows I want to hit up. End of this year, then all next through next year. Um, there's also a drink. We're going to do a two, a two ounce shot, energy shot of all in with three different flavors. We're working on the formulation for that. And uh, yeah. so what, what's that going to do with your time in the music industry? Well, it's fine. I, I can make it all work, you know? Yeah. yeah, I can do this from anywhere. If I have a laptop, I have a phone, I like, can do any, any of this stuff. Like, um, But I put a good, pla- I got put good moving parts in place yeah. that can be full-time on it, you know? So I got this guy, Rob, a friend of mine, and Alexis that he brought in, and they're, they're great. Like they're, they know this industry. They're hardworking. They're down. They're really into it. And um, yeah. So, Yeah. Cool, man. Well, that's, uh, that's exciting. I'm happy for you. Um, I'd, I'll always, uh, be behind you. I've been, I've been taking all in for the last few days since he got, well, since he got here, uh, it's, it's had some, uh, some powerful, powerful effects. Uh, but I like it. Yeah. It's all good. Um, it's all good. And, uh, I would like to keep taking it. So I'll keep, uh, I'll keep buying it. Keep supporting it. I got you covered. <laughs> I like, can I send that to Costa Rica? They're going to block it. Oh, then there's no way. No. They're really it, tight about that stuff. It, there, it huh? doesn't matter if it's vitamin D, if it's any if it, food supp- or supplement, I have to go to a doctor to get a prescription for it and then get it approved at the health ministry. Wow. It's like, dude, honestly, it's just easier for me to fly up to the States and grab oh, some. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyways, what's, uh, so just kind of in closing, what, uh, what are your next five moves? What do you got in the go? Like, like besides getting your supplements, what are you doing with music now? I know you got some stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, well, once human has, well, so if this is, if, it, if we're in the future right now, if after July 2nd, we have a, a big single drop with once human and it's a, it's a really cool song called deadlock featuring with a guest vocal feature by Rob Flynn from machine head. And so, yeah, uh, it's the song turned out amazing really stoked about the collaboration with Rob. It's not something that he does very often. And uh, yeah, I love the song. I love the week he's in the video. We did the video. It came out great. Which I saw and it's super cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's next. And then we have a full, we have a whole schedule of rolling out the Once Human album. And it's, it's a long rollout this time. They, my label wanted us to put the record out, not until next year. And I was like, <laughs> we've been waiting it's been forever. What? Because people, because well, they, because of not code. being sure if things are going to be open. Once yeah, human yeah. is a band that really needs to be on tour. We need to know that we're going to be on tour during the release week yeah. and, and beyond. And they were uncertain about whether it's going to be okay to tour or not like this year. And obviously we'll probably will tour this year. So, but I told them, look, we got to put songs out. We got to put content. I don't care if it's a, if it's a seven month rollout to from first single drop till the album release, I don't care. I want, we got to make some noise. We got to do this. So they, they got behind me and they said, okay. And, uh, I'm grateful for that. I got a great team. We got Des Fafara from Devil Driver. He's a manager for Once Human and he's killing it. He got, he got us great booking agents, both America and international. He's great in um, making things happen, getting things done with our label. And we got a really great, uh, product manager at our label, Your Music in, in Germany. He used to be at uh, Nuclear Blast, I think. Or no, he used to be at Roadrunner. Yeah. But he's a metal guy. He's like a legit metal guy and he knows what he's doing and he's great. Really on top, uh, really on top of shit. So we have five music videos in the can right now for the new album. Once well, half the record is I've done. I've seen, I think, what, two or th- one or two or three of them. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think, yeah. I think, well, you've been sober the last week. I most definitely have not been. <laughs> <laughs> so my I'll live vicariously through you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a fucking the first thing, The first thing Logan says when we get out of the car here, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally sober, but, you know, I'm not one of those guys who, like, says you can't drink around me or whatever. I'm like, 
Well, that's kind of necessary <laughs> because yeah. uh, we're, uh, yeah, we're going to be making music. Uh, that's kind of how we roll, but <laughs> for now, anyway. Making beautiful music. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You live in the dream, you know, and uh, I back it. Right on. Well, um, for the record, this man's a legend to work with, and uh, it's been a hell of a pleasure. So You too, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for everything, and thanks for joining us today on Business Life and Ayahuasca with Daniel. We didn't talk about psychedelics. Psychedelics? I want to talk about psychedelics. Do we have time? Yeah. Well, uh, buddy said, uh, my buddy said uh, he can he can push back till later this week. So. Oh, you're meeting. Yeah. Am I Ubering to the airport? He wants an hour, so yeah, I can't. Shit. So yeah, go. Yeah, it's all good. But 25 minutes we got. That's enough. So. Yeah, so, the, so the, I met you because, and I never look at my general messages rarely on Instagram. Only if I follow someone, they're going to message me. But you sent me a message in, I think, in November 2019. I was on tour in Europe on Instagram. And I was like, well, look, I just woke up. I went in the venue and I was taking a dump and I'm like scrolling. And <laughs> I'm like looking all of... Uh, I never look at those messages and I looked at it. I was like bored and I looked at that and I saw this one. It wasn't just a, someone liked your thing. Someone reacted. It was like a message. I'm like, okay, what's that? And it was a whole thing. I was like, huh. And the first thing you're talking about is I own an ayahuasca healing center in Costa Rica. And I was like, oh, tell me more. Because at that point <clears throat> I had been interested in, interested in, in psychedelic medicines. And uh, I have a history with psychedelics as a, as a, in a recreational point, you know, point of view. <laughs> like I started taking LSD and, and mushrooms when I was 13. And I, all those trips were like fun and games. It was never like a deep uh, learning experiences. It was never psychologically advancing. Like I, I was just like, whoa, trippy and fucked up and laughing and like, Everything's melting. Fuck like yeah. Like most high school <laughs> like, kids are. Yeah. But then uh, then I would have bad trips sometimes and bad trips with the fucking end of the world. It was the worst thing ever. And I never knew how to get out of it, but I learned something recently. I know it's, it's really interesting. I think it's my, my theory about bad trips, which is really good to know. But um, so yeah, I would have these bad trips. It was the end of the world, knotted up in your fucking thing, like, like for four hours, just <laughs> looping in some insane irrational fucking super anxiety end of the world scenario for hours and it sucked and then it finally you go away you go to sleep but <clears throat> one thing and I then I stopped like one of the last time I took mushrooms with, with Phil and someone and Des Fafara at Red Rocks when Machine was on tour with Pantera and Coal Chamber 1997 96 and Phil's like, I got a big bag of mushrooms, man. I was like, Fuck yeah, we got a day off tomorrow. He's like, yeah. And Des went and so I was like, oh man, my bus calls at 2 a.m. I don't know if I can hang with the mushroom tri- trip tonight. He's like, fuck it, go on my bus, man. My bus leaves when I tell him to leave. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> fuck yeah. So I did it, did the day off with, with, uh, with Phil and <laughs> we went hiking around the mountains. It was awesome. But it was fun and games, mushrooms too. But that was like... <clears throat> 20, 96. I don't know the math. Like that was a long time 25 ago. 25 years ago. Yeah. Pretty much. So and I didn't do any psychedelics since then. Until <laughs> in 2019, I decided I'm going to do DMT for the first time. For some reason, I started like researching it. it. It was calling me and I was found myself and it was showing up on my feed and like I was researching and I was interested and I'm like, I want to know what this shit's like. So I got some DMT from this dude, Jim Shroom, gave me a, sent me a vape, a DMT vape, and it was fucking legit. It was like 200 bucks for the vape and it was like legit. <clears throat> um, and I did that shit and fucking blasted off for my first time. And it was like, okay, now I get it. And so it's next level. Like, <sighs> you know, you, You've done DMT, right? Have you yeah. Done? Yeah. Yeah. A couple so times. So super like out of body, super sacred geometry in motion, like things that are seeming to be impossible shapes and motions and movements, but totally somehow makes perfect sense. And like colors that don't exist in our spectrum, but they're right there in front of you. And uh, faces like that feel like 
they're looking at you and they're, maybe they're actually a, an entity or a real being somewhere. I don't know, saying hi, <clears throat> but heavy, heavy shit. But then it's over in like 10 minutes. You're back to normal and like go back to work. And so I did that and I didn't get any like, I didn't get any like download information or some guidance or anything like, but it was just like kind of, uh, I kind of felt the connection like, uh, actually, so I did come out of it with like a deeper connection to the earth, the mother earth. And I felt like the earth, I was connecting to the earth and that, that the earth is alive. It's a being and conscious and it's an ancient being and it's very evolved and very wise and ancient and like very extremely giving. It's the mother. It's the mother earth. It's the mother earth, motherfucker. It's the mother of everything that we have here. Everything like all of every molecule, it comes from earth. So she gives us life, you know? <clears throat> so I felt that, I felt that connection. And, uh, but so then I did mushrooms like a few months later for the first time since that 1996. And I did like three grams of mushrooms my mushroom trip was like different than any of my childhood mushroom trips. It was like a DMT. Visually, I would close my eyes and I could see a whole movie of <clears throat> the geometry and the faces and the, the motion and the whole like fucking full-blown hallucination, whatever the fuck I was tapped into some portal or whatever if it was, I don't know. But it was like way different than my previous mushroom trippy whoa bro kind of fun and games mushroom trip. And so I was like, I, I, in that moment, I'm like, I wonder why, how is this, how is this happening? And I was like, I know why I came to a, <laughs> a theory in that moment of highness. Um, that, that fact that I did DMT, it like fucking jumpstarted my pineal gland mm. and like activated my pituitary or, and or pineal gland. And like, cause that's, there's DMT crystals in there in your brain anyway. So it did that. And so now the mushrooms, which is almost the same thing as DMT are allowed, they were allowed to have that more like a DMT effect. Mm. I don't know. That's a theory. I believe it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a scientist. So I don't know. But <laughs> that's what my intuition told me. That's what I've, I, I came to the conclusion that it was. So <clears throat> that happened. And then also I got into a bad trip moment on this mushroom trip. And it was like, whoa, that, you know, the bad trip. You know the bad trip. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. End of the world. <laughs> Nothing, no big deal. But like tighten up super ultra anxiety, tense, tension, like, <gasps> were you around people? I was, with, I was with Lauren, but then I, but this is what I did. I asked myself in that moment, what is the root of that bad feeling I'm having right now? I asked myself in my head, I'm like, why, what's the source? What is this? Why am I feeling it? And immediately a fucking face popped into my head, one of my kids. And I knew why that popped into my head. And that's like, Immediately, the bad trip went away, and I realized there was something on the fringe of my brain from recent months that I needed to talk to one of my kids about, just like a talk I needed to have with him. I needed to express some things to him regarding like the divorce and this one child in particular, he took it a bit harder than the others, and I knew that, and I didn't act on it. I knew I needed to talk to him about this and connect, and um, I hadn't done it, and his face popped in, and I knew that's yeah, I need to go talk to him. So I knew that the mushrooms told me, like <laughs> they told me. Gave you homework. They gave me homework. They yeah. gave me an assignment. Like I and, I, and immediately, so I took away, I took away that <clears throat> and the bad trip went away. The good trip came back on and I was like, <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> and uh, I went and had that conversation with my son and um, it was, it was awesome. It went really well. It was effective. It was important. And I did it. Did you tell so, him it came from a mushroom ceremony? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> but isn't that cool? Doesn't yeah. that, that's a, I mean, dude, this is like kind of the, the, same, the same methodology that ayahuasca uses, right? Like you go into the ceremony, it, it, can, be, it can be super hard. It can feel like a bad trip. But the idea is that you're like, I bring a journal in with me for every ceremony and I can't see what I'm writing cause it's dark and you're not allowed to have light. So I'm just like writing like in the dark, I'm writing big and you know, so I know that it's going to be legible the next day, but,
But yeah, man, like ayahuasca gives you homework. It's what it does. Gives you homework. You you get you you get shown things that you should be doing. You get shown things that you shouldn't be doing. You get shown people that you need to reach out to. You get shown people that you need to get the fuck away from. You know stuff like that. And so you get homework, and then the whole process of integration is going and applying those that homework in real life and, and completing those assignments in real life, which you did by going yeah. to talk to your son and improving the vibe in your family, improving yeah. your relationship with your son. It's amazing, man. Like, so I think that's like, it's a great medicine. And it's like, you know, I feel like it's, you could get like 20 years worth of fucking psychology or psychiatry work done in that one moment in that one ceremony like because how do you fix something if you don't know what it is what's wrong and like ayahuasca or mushrooms or psychedelics it's like open up the hood and look in the (laughs) subconscious like you're you're exposing yeah and you're getting directly to the root of the problem and that like that's amazing so i back ayahuasca i back psychedelic medicines for this purpose and um you know i'm kind of conflicted i want to go to saltara and i I really want to do that um, but I don't want to, I'm on a, cause of my sobriety thing. It's like, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to cross the line and, um, a double standard, anything. It's like, if it's a medicine, it's like, Oh, you, <laughs> is it really? But I mean, no, I mean, I, it is, but I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm going to go, maybe it might be a year. It might be a few years. It might be, I might never do it. I might not need to like in my meditation. I also started practicing meditation during house arrest uh, a lot, meditate hard and do breath work, intermittent hypoxia through Soma breath work techniques and also Wim Hof techniques and a little bit of the cold water stuff. And that is good for, that's free healthcare. That's also self-healing for your healthcare, for your brain and your consciousness and for your body. So I'm doing that stuff is pure and doesn't involve any substances. You know, it's just breath. It's just like pure breath and consciousness and intention. So I get a lot of good. Uh, I get a lot of good out of the meditation that I do. I get answers if I have questions, but also it's just like good. Oh good. It's free healthcare. It's the real fucking free healthcare. You can heal your body. You can heal your brain with your intention. It's the, it's the science of consciousness. I believe it's real and uh, like some kind of quantum shit. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it's weird science, but it's fucking real science because I do it and it works. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right on. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, when you do decide to, uh, to uh, go down that road, you're able to come to Sultara. Um, you know, there, we, 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 we have a number of people who come through, like guys who have been sober for like eight years or 25 years or I'm, well, may, I, maybe not 20, I mean, since 25 and you guys like 47, so 20 plus years. And they kind of felt conflicted about... Um, about and and they they felt like people would judge them and they felt like their their AA communities would judge them or like they would be breaking the rules by coming to work with ayahuasca because it's not classified by that community as anything that's beneficial it's still considered a, like a drug but um both these guys who I'm thinking of they came and did it and they ended up doing more psychedelics because they had such a life-changing experience with ayahuasca, but they didn't go back to booze and they didn't go back to drugs and they didn't go back to the same patterns that, that got them down, down the, the, you know, the, the pit of despair kind of thing and led to their near self-destruction. Um, so, you know, uh, I can can put you in touch or something. Well, I'm, you know, I appreciate that story. I think that's great. Um, I have also heard about people who were sober and then they went and did ayahuasca and it triggered them back into relapse. So Really? I yeah. guess that could happen. You know, because it's, I don't know, maybe it could. Anyway, I'm in a great place, like, and content and, like, clear on my path. And, like, I don't think, I, I'm not looking for, I don't think I need it right now, you know. 
I'm doing doing good. I don't think uh, I do. I do think that ayahuasca is like a conduit to fucking Mother Earth, and like you you can talk to the consciousness of Earth through it, which I would love to do. You know, just like yeah. give her a hug <laughs> or say what's up. You know, say thanks. I would love to do that, but like, you know, whatever else I could learn from it could be great. As an answer, well, meditating on a mountaintop can also. Yeah, you know. I know I can do that in meditation. Fuck. So hell yeah, bro. All right. Well, thanks again. Hell yeah. Thank you. The Daniel Cleland Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Daniel Cleland Podcast. We truly enjoy you sharing your time with us. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed sharing it with you, please like the episode, review the podcast, subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, these likes and reviews and subscriptions are the lifeblood of our show. So free for you, super important for us. Like, subscribe, and review Thank you so much. Of course, this podcast would not be possible without the continued amazing sponsorship of Soltara Healing Center in Costa Rica. If you feel called to work with plant medicines, ayahuasca, shamanismo, curanderismo from Peru, from the Peruvian Amazons to Costa Rica, check out Soltara Healing Center at soltara.co or conveniently 1-800-397-1730 or look us up on social media at Soltara Healing Center. All kinds of great content, nonstop, coming out, down the pike, every day, just for you. Thanks, Again, so much for joining. I appreciate it beyond words, and I look forward to doing many more of these episodes for you and connecting. If you want to reach out to me, there's a contact form on my website, danielcleland.com. Feel free to hit me up. I read every email and try to respond to all of them. Thanks again. Much love to you. And I hope we get to catch up soon. All the best.